Good morning. You know, in light of the current climate that we're all living in and have lived in for some time now this year, I've titled my sermon, Appreciating Your Way to a Stronger Family in Life. The biblical text and verse I'm going to reference today a few times in my sermon, it's going to come out of Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. We're going to read that now. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I read a story in Reader's Digest where a woman wrote that her cousin called her and invited her to a Thanksgiving dinner on a Saturday in March. They weren't celebrating an early Thanksgiving, but just celebrating that her husband received good news that um, a battery of tests that he, medical tests that he went through, came back well, received. And she said that they often have Thanksgiving feast gatherings in her family roughly about 10 times a year. And they're never on formal dates. They're essentially just when someone graduates or someone gets a job promotion or great medical news, etc. And she says that, she wrote that, you know, we try to get as many, as many of our clan together as possible and just give thanks for what, what happened in our life. I don't know about you, but um, you can imagine 10, 10 Thanksgiving feasts a year. I mean, what would that do to your diet, right? It's, I know ours, wow. But if you look at the scripture that I just read in Colossians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 17, Paul actually writes here that 10 Thanksgivings a year isn't enough. If you think about it, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In whatever you do, every day of every year, you should be giving thanks. You should be known as a thankful and appreciative person. In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, declares you should be overflowing with thankfulness. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, you're told that you should be always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we as Christians should always be known as a thankful and appreciative people. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. And that should be true in every aspect of your lives. Especially it should be true in your families and at your home. Years ago, the University of Nebraska did a research study. And the study was an attempt to discover what characteristics made strong families strong. And the research discovered that the number one and most common characteristic in which strong families were strong was appreciation. 
They concluded that families which were strong were strong because members expressed appreciation and thankfulness for what each member did and for who each member was or is. In a similar study, another research looked into the effect of praise in the workplace. The study showed the ratio of praise to criticism in the workplace needed to be four to one. So in other words, employees felt that they needed four times as much praise to criticism in order to feel that they had a great work balance. And to feel that they had a great environment that they worked in. You see, people need appreciation. Have you ever worked in an environment where you didn't feel appreciated? I have. I'm not referring to working with Danny right now. But I have. I've worked in an environment where I put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and had a lot of fantastic results. But the one thing that was missing was the appreciation for my superiors. And quite honestly, over time, it was extremely demoralizing. In fact, research has shown that employees, above all else, the number one reason why they choose to stay in the environment that in which they work is because they feel like they are in on things and appreciated. That is the number one reason that research has discovered. Not the amount of money they're making, not anything else. People need praise. People need to feel appreciated. And they need this four times as often as they need to be criticized. And if people receive appreciation, and if they receive praise, and if they receive thankfulness, and they receive gratitude, which all sums into the one thing, they have a perfect balance, and they feel a sense of belonging, and a sense of balance in their life. And it's an extremely important, not only in your work life, but more important in your home life, or your daily life not to mention your spiritual life. But many families don't understand this basic reality. I read another story where a man came home from work one day and you know he always gave his wife a hard time about how she didn't like to do household chores. So he comes home from work and he sees a gag gift and it was a refrigerator magnet that stated, Martha Stewart does not live here. So he was like, hmm. So the next day, his wife comes home, and she finds that magnet holding up a piece of paper on the refrigerator. And that piece of paper stated, neither does Bob Vila. So this was all meant in good human fun, right? You know? But how often are comments like that not meant for good humor and fun? in your home? How often are remarks meant to be offensive, intended to hurt or cause pain, and intended to send a message through criticism and not appreciation? 
even in the best of homes, quite honestly, there are harsh words and hard feelings. But ask yourself, why, do, why does this happen? Even in the best of homes, why does this happen? Why are there hard, harsh words and hard feelings oftentimes throughout our lives? And I can tell you right now, the reason is the lack of thankfulness and the lack of appreciation for those in which you're living with. Oftentimes, parents or children often forget the blessing that their spouse, their child, their employee, their boss is to them in their lives. But honestly, sometimes it's only a matter of perspective. Let me read you a letter a young college woman wrote home to her mother. She writes, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written with written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it in my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory where we had a fire. We were lucky a young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes and I was in the hospital for a few days, but Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day and because it was taking so long for our dormitory to become livable again, I moved in with him. He's been so nice, but I must admit I am pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine, and I'll write more, than, more when I get a chance. Love, your daughter Susie. P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and I flunked chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in proper perspective. <laughs> You know, I personally, growing up, witnessed proper family perspective, proper family perspective. I was 13, and at that time I lived with my aunt and uncle, and my uncle just purchased a, he just purchased a brand new truck, and he was really proud of it, worked hard for it. And let me tell you, he loved that truck, and he intended on keeping it in pristine condition. He washed it and waxed it religiously. Somewhere we stopped at a gas station to fill up and to wash the windshield. And uh, I wanted to help him, so I got out and I grabbed the, the squeegee at the gas station. I started working on the passenger side of the, of the windshield. And I remember that uh, as I was pulling it away, or kind of flinging it, the metal part of that squeegee contacted the hood of his truck. And it left about a one inch scar in that paint. And let me tell you, he was livid. He was livid, and he was yelling at me from across the truck about the damage I had done. But you know what? What I witnessed was my aunt stepping up and shutting him down with these words. She asked him a question. She said, what is more valuable, John or this truck? You know, I didn't know what to do. I was, I just, I was just shocked. It was an accident. But he, he got quiet. And he thought about it for a minute. It took him a minute. He thought about it. And you know what? I could tell he was still angry, but she was right. She was absolutely correct. 
And thankfulness is, for family is often a matter of having the right perspective as to what or who is more important or most important. But too often, we are not thankful and we're, we often don't show appreciation. Years ago, I, I overheard a woman talking to a friend about her husband. This happened a lot in the restaurant business, trust me. People that work there getting together and kind of gathering up and talking. And she was talking about how her husband was irresponsible and, and you know, how he was he's just a bad guy and the things that he was doing, etc. I mean, from listening to the conversation, he was somewhere in between Hagar the Horrible and Dennis the Menace, right? I mean, it was, it was that bad. But it was fairly obvious when I was listening that she was not thankful for her husband at all. You see, I know this woman, and I know the type of person that she was at the time. And I can guarantee you for every positive comment that she might have made about her husband, she had four criticisms, at least. She wasn't a thankful or appreciative type of person. But let me ask, why are people oftentimes so negative? I think there are two main reasons. First, I believe that negative comments are often a way for people to try to modify someone else's behavior. Parents put down their kids, kids put down their parents, bosses put down their employees, employees put down their bosses. Wives insult their husbands, husbands malign their wives. Because people often believe this is the best way to express their displeasure and to create change in the behavior of the person that they are upset with. And when you complain to others, quite honestly, that's simply your way of trying to enlist support. Right? It's your way of getting other people onto your bandwagon and to have extra help about creating a change that you desire. But let me tell you, Paul gives us an example in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, on how we should speak to and about others. I'm going to read that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it, it, may, it, it may impart grace in the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I think that clearly sums up that first point. Secondly, most of us are just nat naturally critical by nature. I know I can be extremely critical sometimes. And in fact, James chapter 3, verses, starting in verse 9, comments, With our tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. 
You see, in other words, God knows unconsciously we make critical comments. He knows that we have a critical spirit at times. And God commands us again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in, all, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, God knows that we unconsciously tend to be critical of those around us, but he also commands us to be consciously thankful, consciously thankful at all times. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 16, says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You see, this is extremely important in your homes. As the studies I mentioned earlier noted, a healthy home has an atmosphere where you give four times as much praise to one criticism. So you might be asking yourself, how do we develop a thankful and appreciative spirit in our homes? I mean, think about it. What if the person that you feel doesn't deserve your thankfulness or gratitude or appreciation, what if you feel that they, they're just they're sour. They don't appreciate it. What if your husband or child isn't as perfect as you once thought they were? You know, I once heard a, a great piece of advice that, that said, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. And it's not greener on this side of the fence. It's greener where you water it. You know, and the way to grow a thankful heart is to turn your heart into a garden of appreciation that must be watered and tended to every day. In short, you all need to practice showing appreciation and thankfulness. And you know what God says the best way to do that is? In his presence. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. You need to pray to God and focus on the things that you are grateful for about your spouse, about your child, about your employee, about your boss, etc. So indulge me for a second. Let's do that right now. I'd like to ask you all to bow your heads and I want you to think about the one person in your home or your life that you have the most difficult time showing gratitude or appreciation or thankfulness for. Let's pray. Almighty God, we, we're humbled. Lord, we, we know we should be appreciative of those that come into our lives, especially our friends and our family. 
Lord, we know we often struggle being critical and not looking for the good in those or building them up. Lord, you've given us perfect examples in your Bible through your son Jesus, through Joseph and his brothers, through Esther and Malachi, through Ruth and Naomi, of how to be appreciative and thankful people to better not only our lives, but those of those, of those around us. And we ask for your continued, continued grace to help us through that and to help us to be better in that. It's through your son we pray to you. Amen. Now, if you do that on a regular basis, let me ask you, what will change? Will it change the behavior of your spouse? Will it change the behavior of your child? Will it change the behavior of your boss, your employee, etc.? Perhaps. Perhaps it won't. But I do know one thing, that using criticism is not the best way to modify a person's behavior. You know, there's a, there's a truism in our society where the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And you can change things, honestly, in this life by being critical or in your face. However, if you do that often enough, people start to detach from you. People start to avoid you. Because quite honestly, someone that's critical and someone that behaves and shows no gratitude or appreciation or thankfulness is not someone we naturally want to be around. I once saw a sign posted in a store that had a, one of the service bells and it said, ring once for service, ring twice for poor service, ring three times for no service at all. You see, it's a truth in life that if you want someone to respond to you, kindly and respectfully, you need to have an attitude of gratitude and appreciation. I remember years ago working with someone. I just started this new job. I won't say where. But let me tell you, this, this woman was very hard to get along with. And I was her, I was her boss. She was oftentimes officious and disrespectful, didn't follow direction well. And my first reaction and my first tendency was not only to complain to her about it, but to complain to my boss and recommend termination. I went home that day, forget what happened, but I went home, I was frustrated, and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do I'm going to do a full court press. I'm going to give this one last shot. I'm going to do a full court press, and I'm going to try to win her over with my charm. And I made a commitment that day, starting the next day, that I was going to go in, and I was going to look for the good, and I was going to give her as many compliments as I could about her work, express to her as much appreciation 
for the work and the time that she put in and what she was doing to benefit the team and to give her positive reinforcement. Let me tell you, in a matter of two weeks, she completely changed. She began to smile. She was happy. She worked a lot harder. She came in, she was looking for things to do and ways to help me without even having to be asked or told. And that was eye-opening as a boss. Because I can tell you, when I was 20 years old and I was a general manager at a restaurant, that wasn't John Richardson. John Richardson was in your face. John Richardson was aggressive. John Richardson was tell you like it is, do it my way or the highway. You know where the door is if you don't like it. And did I create change and did I do a great job and did I have a successful place that I worked? Yeah, but it doesn't mean I was doing it the right way. And let me tell you something, the relationships that I have, I continue to have now aren't from the five years that I spent at that place. That's the reality. And it's, it's a struggle for me sometimes to think about it when I look back on how ignorant and naive I was. And how I have no relationships from that time whatsoever. But what if that other person doesn't change? What if you do all of these things and they still behave badly? And they still irritate you. Does that give you a pass not to follow God's command of being thankful and appreciative? No, it doesn't. Makes it hard. Makes it a struggle. But it's not a pass. It doesn't matter if the it doesn't matter if it changes or doesn't change the lives or the attitude of those people around you, God still commands you and I to be people of thankfulness and gratitude and appreciation. And it's worth noting that if you can't alter the behavior of those with gratitude, it can still have a powerful benefit in your life. Powerful. It may not change those people, but it will change you. I promise. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, story about Benjamin Weir. Benjamin Weir was held uh, captive in Lebanon many years ago. 16 years he was held captive. Very hostile and and um, miserable condition. And after 16 months, his first interview when he got back to the US, he was asked, how did you maintain your positiveness and your sanity and your faith during all of that time of despair? And his response was, I counted my blessings. And the reporter was like, what? You counted your blessings? He said, yeah. Some days I got to take a shower. 
Some days I had vegetables with my food. He says, and I can always count on the love of my family and that blessing. You see, he was physically in bondage, but he never lost sight of what was important. I mean, he physically might have been locked up, but mentally and spiritually, he was free. You know why? Because he learned to give thanks to the Father for everything despite the circumstances he was in. And that's an extreme circumstance. And none of us in this room have it like that. So in close today, the point is this. You need to be people known for appreciation and thankfulness especially in your homes, especially with your wives, your husbands, your children, your bosses, your employees, etc. Partly because of the change it will bring about to your family, but more importantly, the change that it will bring about in your life and your connection with God. We're going to offer a song of invitation. If there's anyone here that is struggling with that and needs that change or needs to be baptized into, the, into Christ, we ask for you to come forward as we stand and sing.